and we know what is vital for them to know and they know what's vital for us to know from the services they provide. So together we're stronger than we are if you came in with all different players that don't know each other and work in different ways. Welcome to SSR On Air. I'm Mike Rogers, your host for this monthly podcast brought to you by Smith Seckman Reed. Tune in as I interview leaders, colleagues, and clients about what is going on internally at SSR and in the larger engineering community. So, Debbie, thanks for joining us today on, on SSR On Air. Appreciate you. you taking some time here to uh, talk about uh, medical equipment planning. Yes. Among other things. So, Real quick, in a nutshell, tell us what medical equipment planning is to okay. start with. Okay. Well, medical equipment planning can sort of be likened to a wedding planner. You're getting everything ready, all for the one event, which is moving into a new space. So with right. medical equipment planning, we plan every piece of medical equipment from the ground floor to the top floor and all of the needs that piece of equipment has. So we're a visual link in the whole design process. Okay, so, so what, are the, what are the steps? I'm, I'm going to back up here. Okay. But what, so what are the steps in the planning process that you go through? Firstly, we start with inventorying any existing equipment they have. Yeah, with the escalating costs that we have today of mm. medical equipment and mm -hmm. supply chain issues that we're facing, right. um, hospitals need to reuse anything that they currently have that is in mm. good shape and will last through to the move-in process, as well as be in the same technological platform as they're buying new. Right, okay. So mm -hmm. if we start with an inventory, we look at what they've got, we then build from the functional program all of the equipment needs for the facility, and then we substitute in any existing equipment that we feel that they can use, and we build the budget, and we that's okay. our starting point when we get into schematic design. Okay, okay. So then from design though, I mean, you, you carry it all the way through, right? Implementation and the whole thing, or where, where, does, where do you yep. stop? Um, we don't stop until we actually move the patients in. Okay. So it really is like a full circle from mm -hmm. the old hospital to moving the patients from the old into the new hospital with our procurement and move management services. Okay, okay. All right. So yeah. there you go. Quick, yeah. quick definition. Yes. Okay. So um, let me back up now a little bit and and ask a few questions about you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Should so, be interesting. Yeah. So um, a little bit about your 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 path to SSR. Mm -hmm. Now I know you had your own firm. Correct. Up to a few years ago, SHR. Yes, right? that's correct. Okay. So tell us a little bit about that, the history of that a little bit, maybe, okay. and then and then the path to to SSR yeah. and and what's happened in the last few years, I guess. Okay. Um, I'm actually a registered nurse and a registered midwife. So okay. that's where my career started. And I went from um, my nurse training into working in the operating room. And uh, so I was in the operating room for many years and okay. in a large teaching hospital. And the professor of surgery, when we were teaching new technology and techniques in the surgical environment, said, would you like to start a consulting company? And so he gave me $5,000 in 1988 wow. to start my own business. Wow. And so hmm. 
You know, fast forward to 2018 mm-hmm. when um, my company, Strategic Hospital Resources, was acquired by SSR. Okay. okay. So many, many years of working in many countries around the world. Right. Um, obviously, I'm Australian, and that's where my career started. And when we joined SSR, we had offices in Australia, Canada, and the United States. Okay. So you started the business while you were in Australia? Correct, yes, yes. And so um, I'm married to an American. (laughs) Okay. And in 2000, the healthcare market in Australia was very flat. Hmm. Not a lot of activity. And so um, we decided when our children were very small, maybe it's move over to the US. Okay. And he was not happy to come back. He loved being in Australia. But it was a great opportunity. And Mm -hmm. so when I returned, my first job after getting off the plane was with Perkins and Will. And so I set up the medical equipment planning services for them. And then Mm -hmm. under the blessing of Henry Mann, who at that stage was the CEO of Perkins and Will, I moved out and started Strategic Hospital Resources. Okay. Okay. So you had support from them to do that, or at least the blessing. Correct. They had yeah. their blessing, and they gave me yeah. actually two projects to leave with. Okay. Both were in Minnesota, so I wasn't sure about an Australian <laughs> being sent to Minnesota yeah. in the winter. Was it punishment? Was it punishment, or was it a reward? Yeah. But um, he was incredibly supportive and yeah. um, just a really good man. Yeah. And so, sixteen years later, um, was when. Um, I met up with Clay and we started our discussions about how come you've never done medical equipment planning. Right. right. And um, here we are today, just over three years later, and we're doing great. Perkins and Will, I mean, they're still a big client of ours in the healthcare yes. market. Do, mm-hmm. they, do they do medical equipment planning? Um, they did. Um, I actually yeah. replaced myself um, when I left medical oh, okay. um, repla- left Perkins and Will Mm -hmm. and so they've continued and um, a few years ago um, they were sold off and joined forces with a couple of other equipment planning companies and Mm -hmm. so they're not in the not in the same sort of um, appearance of when I left but um, they are still going but we have a very strong relationship with Perkins and Will Mm -hmm. um, and we work a lot with them on projects and we probably have about five that we're doing currently. Yeah. So uh, the medical equipment, in, in my mind, you guys get involved in the project much earlier than early. most everybody else Correct. that's involved. So yes. why, why is it? What drives that? And, and what, what, are you, what do you look for for those opportunities so mm-hmm. you know how to step into Well, it? what drives it is actually that the medical equipment costs in a construction budget can be up to 30%. Wow. And in a very sophisticated um, clinically advanced project it can be sometimes close to 40 percent of the construction budget wow so that's huge if you get that piece wrong you get it really wrong and you can impact um, the project poorly Mm -hmm. so um, we're in as early as possible to make sure that the budgets that have been set have been set accurately and Mm -hmm. we've really looked at what the clinical needs are for all of the services they want to deliver okay yeah that's interesting I I didn't realize it was that that much of the it budget. Is. I know it's scary. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I come from the MEP world, so I'm thinking the MEP piece is <laughs> broken off, and that's maybe forty percent of things. And and you're mm-hmm. saying that this is as much of that. Yes, sometimes. exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. true. If you think about it, every room's got something that 
that we have to provide. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And and when you get into the details of that, um, it's it's not just the function of that piece of equipment, but it's also the technology behind it and maybe how it relates to other things going on in the building. Absolutely, right. yes. And that's why it's so important with the work that we do that um, all of the technical specifications we provide to the rest of the design team, including MEP, mm-hmm. um, that we get those things as accurate as we can right. and that we're not making late changes mm-hmm. <laughs> to the equipment mm-hmm. being selected. Yeah, and I guess in my, in my uh, um, simplified mind, I, I was always you know, in the MEP world dealing with food service providers Uh yes and and the fact and two things always stood out to me one is they had no idea how the building went together Mm -hmm. and the second thing was is that they were always changing things always Always. in the last minute Mm -hmm. and so the the difference I see between that and what you guys do is that you guys actually really understand how things are going together correct and and uh, and and what you just said understanding the the process Mm -hmm. and that you have to stay ahead of it we have some software that helps us do that, right? In some we ways, do. Right? Um, yes, we developed our own software program back in okay. 2005. So mm-hmm. we built the software to truly address the needs that we were finding in the market. We, prior to that, and while I was at Perkins and Will, had used Atania software, mm-hmm. which was a commercially available product, but it never gave us the ability to change things on the fly, mm-hmm. nor address adequately the international markets we were working in. So by building our own software, it was a big upfront cost, but we've actually still using the same software, we've been able to make changes, and it gives us the flexibility that our clients need that we can make the software fit the client, not the other way around. And that's really important in what we do. So that that software, um, what's what's in it? I mean, what's it really doing for us? I mean, it's allowing us to select Equipment specifically? Yes. Yeah. It okay. actually allows us to be able to put the equipment um, either by the selection of the vendor that the clients may have um, contracts with mm-hmm. or what is um, a placeholder for equipment and then change it as the client makes their mind up based on their budgets. And mm-hmm. we're able to form an electronic catalogue for them room by room throughout the entire facility and attached to every piece of equipment is the Revit drawing as well as all of the technical specifications and pricing. Ah, very good. So that's um, a little bit, we talked we talked about this in some of the earlier podcasts about the digital twins as part of that model of being a digital twin and yes. that you're, you're providing that in, in the, you know, the BIM software always kind of wanted to be that mm-hmm. and never really got there because no one was willing to pay everybody yes. to put all that information Correct. in. Correct. And so yeah. what's happened now, um, we've made a plug-in um, to BIM. So we actually, through the equipment um, software program mm-hmm. and Revit, we can actually, per room, drop all of the equipment into the center of the room, and then our Revit team only needs to move it, move it into place hmm. um, within the floor plan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, so a streamlining processes every way we turn mm-hmm. to try and make um, the the deliverable to our client exactly what they need and our clients are manifold we've got the architects mm-hmm. we've got the client themselves we've got the clinicians making um, yeah. our documentation something they can understand they're not spatially aware 
like mm. um, the design team are. So you have to make it easy for them to understand. Mm. And then we've, of course, got our MEP colleagues and our technology co colleagues mm. that they need everything in a precise format. Coming from different angles. Correct, yeah. yes. Yeah. 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 And so <clears throat> that's, a good, that's a good segue into what I was thinking. So that the connection is obviously there between the MEP um, group and what you do. They've got to connect the equipment and, and yeah. make sure you've got the right air conditioning and all that kind of stuff yeah. going on. Um, is, there, is there also a connection there between you and the technology that's in the, in the, and how do you integrate that or mm -hmm. coordinate that along the way? Well, um, technology also uses the same software platform that of ours. So okay. it's actually working that we're in the same software, they can provide, get any information that they need and we're often in meetings together. So we're mm. hearing the same information and we know what is vital for them to know and they know what's vital for us to know from the services they provide. So together we're stronger than mm -hmm. we are if you came in with all different players that don't know each other and work in different ways. Yeah, yeah, so that, it's a multiplier there between the, the SSR, MEP, MEQ and technology. I think it all, it all works together. Correct. Um, is there, is there ways in which you guys help each other with clients and in, in, in the opportunities mm -hmm. and, and things? Do you, do you see some synergy there? We do. Um, many times during our meetings, um, questions will come up about technology. Mm -hmm. I don't claim to have the answers. I can try, but yeah. um, I'm always able to then pick up the phone and call any of my technology colleagues or text them during the meetings and get the answers mm -hmm. so the client's not waiting for somebody else to get back to them. We're able yeah. to get as much information to the client as we can. Yeah, I've done that a lot. It always makes yeah. me feel, I'm under yeah, the table, yeah, under the and table, I'm texting, that's right. and I'm like, well, this makes me look smart if I get the yeah. good answer, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's so good. True. That's yeah. good. That's good, that's good. So. Well, and, and, I, and I've always wondered, I've always said that, you know, we, we've obviously been known, and SSR has as MEP Healthcare, mm -hmm. and we have a lot of clients there, and I've always felt that if we can provide them all those services mm -hmm. and give them a, a laundry list of things to do, it, it's just it's yeah. it's a multiplier and it and it just provides them answers. That, so that, true. Yeah. Yep. So that's good. Yeah. That's good. So um, let me go back a little bit to the the total process because I, I know that for me I don't quite understand it. I mean I, I know you went through the planning and, and up, but what 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 are the the exact stages as you interact with the client in that in that process? You're you said you inventory all their equipment. Was Correct. One of the first things yep. that you do, and then, but then you're also having to do some some programming or planning for what what is their future vision of. Yes, this I stuff, mean, right? um, sometimes we're invited by the clients to join their visioning sessions, okay. um, because I have a clinical background, and so do several of our other team members. Yeah. They actually, you can understand the clinical procedures that they're wanting to do, and then you know the equipment ramifications of. Well, if you're going to do that, you're going to need this. And ensuring yeah. that the initial plans include the latest of the technology relating to those services that they want to provide. Mm -hmm. That's really important. So in schematic design, which is after we have got the functional program from the design team, we will then to start to build the equipment plan. And that equipment plan is the basis of all of the equipment for the entire hospital. When you say all of the equipment for the entire hospital, list a few of those for me. What, what um, we well, I about? mean, we go from an MRI or a CT down to the mortuary fridges. 
I mean, okay. we are on every level of whatever um, departments are planned for that facility. We are in every one of those departments other than the kitchen. We okay. don't do anything in the kitchen, but even down to environmental services, the floor burnishes and things like that, okay. and in yeah. biomedical engineer, bed hoist, uh, things that you would think, that's not medical, and I agree it's not medical, but we do get it's asked to be able to specify those types of equipments. Yeah. I think the 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 weirdest one we've ever had is a disco ball that we actually had to find. Not in the MRI room. Not in the MRI room, but find, specify, yeah. and have it for a rehab centre. Okay. Yes, okay. So that's probably the weirdest one we've ever had. Well, and I would think that, that there's a lot of, you know, creative thought about rehab mm -hmm. and Correct. things like that so mm -hmm. I could see, I could see yeah. that. That and yeah. um, driving simulators where you've got half a car and you've got the driver's seat and they're learning how to do okay. um, so a little bit of everything basic and, and, I, and I just was curious about that because I, I assumed that it was mm -hmm. the big equipment down to the, yes. the smallest equipment and it sounds like it everything is. that's down to a thermometer you know yeah. we have the digital thermometers that we specify um, wow. all the way up to you know, intraoperative MRIs. So keeping up with all that, mm. keeping, you know, uh, what's the latest and greatest, that, that's got to be it's a It's a struggle, yep. yeah. We, um, we have education where we have vendors coming in, giving us lunch and learn presentations in our, each of our offices, mm -hmm. um, and that's a good way, but we also have um, conferences that we attend. We just came back from the American Operating Room Nurses Conference where mm -hmm. all of the operating room equipment that is new and advanced yeah. is all displayed. So you've got multiple operating rooms where they're showing everything. And mm -hmm. so we went en masse, um, our entire team, we looked at all of the equipment talked to all of the vendors and we got that education and then we were able to go back to the hotel and then sit down and discuss it and it was a great learning experience and we have yeah. that for all of our team members not just the team leaders because mm -hmm. that's important that everybody gets to hear the message the same way yeah yeah so so who else is going to these conferences I mean from from the hospital side mm -hmm. and this is just you know shows some of my lack of knowledge about how hospitals run in some ways but from their side you know when they are putting together a, a, an operating room are they telling you what they want or you're going in there really and saying here's what's available and here's what I hear you saying what I think you need I think uh, the important part for us um, before we get to that stage is always to find out what the budget is okay. it's no use for us putting forward the Rolls-Royce if they've sure. got money for a Volkswagen. Yeah. Um, not that there's anything wrong with a Volkswagen, yeah. <laughs> but we need yeah. to be always mindful of the client's budget. Right. And right. so when we go in, we like to tell them this is what's in the marketplace. We also organize site visits for the um, clinicians to either go to other hospital sites that okay. we know yeah. have got the equipment, mm -hmm. um, let, make it neutral so that the vendor invites them, but we ask the vendor to leave so they get to talk clinician to clinician yeah. or we can go to vendor um, uh, sort of showroom sites yeah. and they okay. can get to see the equipment that way we have to inform the client to the best of our ability before mm -hmm. they make a decision okay so let's let's talk a little bit about um, the team mm -hmm. um, and where where you are 
what's going on, where you see it going. I right. mean, just yes. kind of in, in general, what what's happening with the MEQ team? Um, the MEQ team is growing. Um, mm-hmm. When we were acquired in 2018, uh, there was 10 of us. Mm-hmm. And as of today, there's 21 of us. Wow. So we've doubled in size. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, we have just really put an emphasis on other areas so our procurement and move management that we didn't focus on as much we've actually added a team for that so we're really getting into being able to do um, a lot more of the procurement functions for the hospitals as well as helping them move into this space and and that's move management when you say move move management management, that's that's what it is actually actually the process of them Moving into new spaces mm-hmm. or temporary spaces, or moving the equipment. Often okay. we'll d- move mm-hmm. and coordinate the equipment, the furniture, and the IT all going into the space. So we look at the room holistically, okay. but um, we don't do the transition planning. We work with okay. the transition planning teams um, so to be able to do that. That's exactly training. right. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's good. So, so what else? What else is happening with the? Um, we with the have just um, we've. We were predominantly based out of Atlanta. Now we have Atlanta, Houston, and Dallas. So we've grown our um, reach, and we've just um, put our first person on in our North Carolina office. Okay, good. So um, that's really great for our clients in that region. Yeah. So it's we've been able to hire strategically, and we've got some very experienced people on our team, and um, I keep laughing with John and Susan that I've really got my dream team. I've got the team that you wouldn't want to change in its Mm. format or its knowledge base because it's giving us everything we need right now to be successful. Oh, that's great. That's Mm. great. So what do you see coming in the future? Um, We actually have got another three hires that we're going to be doing this year. Um, We have been interviewing. One of them is in the procurement team again, Mm -hmm. um, additional person for that team, and then another growth um, position in our Dallas office. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so um, we have yeah. we've done a five-year strategic plan, and we've been able to look at how many people we need to hit our um, financial goals okay. for those years. Okay. Lots of new clients. Lots I of presume, new clients. Right? Yes, and lots of um, good relationships that we're really working very closely um, with architectural firms mm-hmm. to build and make at a um, very strong team. So everyone makes each other work well and um, look better in front of the client. Yeah. It's really important. Yeah, no, it's good, yeah. it's good. Well, great, well, thanks for coming in. Oh, no problem, thanks again. for having Coming me. in early so you could have yes. a little conversation. Yeah, appreciate that's, you coming in. That's good, got me out of doing some work. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Thanks for joining us for this episode of SSR On Air. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You can also connect with us on social media. Links to everything can be found in the show's notes. Take care, everyone. See you next time.